I'm Anya, and I spent decades compartmentalizing and suppressing the different parts of myself. I woke up at age 40 exhausted, confused, and completely out of alignment. These days, I am definitely not your run-of-the-mill bored housewife. So if you are tired of the shame narrative around sex and pleasure, and you're ready to be all facets of yourself, let's create sexual alchemy. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, happy Wednesday. Welcome back for another week of sexual alchemy. As always, it is so good to be here with all of you, and I'm just so grateful that you are taking a little time out of your life to listen to me and conversations with all of the amazing people that join me here on Sexual Alchemy. I am feeling super lit up by a conversation I just had with today's guest and I'm excited to get this out into the world for all of you to hear. Today I'm talking to Trisha Wise who also goes by Safe Slut on Instagram and Trisha is just somebody I am in awe of and find her bravery and her candor and her passions just so awesome and aligned with my own. Trisha was diagnosed with herpes in November of 2019 after a sexual encounter she had at a Halloween party, and she'll tell us more about that here today. But what I really want to emphasize and share with all of you is how that experience has propelled her forward into a purpose that she has had inklings about all her life around being here on this earth to help unshame, destigmatize all the things around sexuality and openness, and now also STIs and herpes specifically. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, enjoy this conversation that Trisha and I had. I really did, and I think you will too. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful week. Mm, Trisha, thank you so much for being here with me this morning. It's so good to see you, talk to you. I know we've been trying to get this in the works for a little while, so I'm super grateful. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to chat. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we often like to do here at Sexual Alchemy, I would really just love to welcome our listeners into hearing a little bit about you and your backstory and your own journey through your own kind of sexual coming of age and where you are today. Um, and so for our listeners who, who don't know, um, I don't know where you are if you're under a rock somewhere and you don't know who Trisha is. She is Safe Slut on Instagram. And Trisha started out with her um, her account of Safe Slut back in late 2019 or maybe early 2020 when she had received um, a herpes diagnosis and she just really was passionate about the work around destigmatizing, unshaming, everything to do with that, but then also has been very proactive in the sex positive community around slut shaming and kind of ending that stigma and shame as well. And so of course, you don't get to where you are today without having a background and a story to tell. And I would really love to hear hear from you, your perspective on your story. Yeah. Um, so I guess we can start from the very beginning um, before I even got herpes. Um, so I grew up 
Catholic. So obviously that already like says a lot about my like sexuality and sex education. (laughs) So yeah, I never really had any sex ed, but I've always been like so obsessed with sex (laughs) Um, and like so interested in it. And when I went to college, I was um, studied like a lot of like feminist literature. So I was very into like sex positivity, feminism, activism, all that kind of stuff. Um, I was in the Feminist United Club. So that was just my jam. Um, But it's funny because although I was all into that stuff, I claimed to be very sex positive and was proud to be a slut. Um, I was slut shamed in high school. And when I was slut shamed, I like reclaimed it immediately and was like, all right, you guys are going to call me a slut. Like I'm going to take that name and roll with it. Yes, Um, girl. (laughs) Yes. When I was in high school, um, people, so my name is Trisha. People started calling me Trasha. Um, Yeah. Kind wow. of like a name to like resemble Kesha, but also like trash. But I was like, honestly, oh, that's iconic. I love that. Yeah, um, take that. <laughs> so I just did like a photo shoot dressed as Snooki and like posted the photos on Facebook and was like, okay. yeah, I'm Trasha. Like, love it. Um, and now I have a trash can tattoo. Like I and a lot of my friends still call me trash. Like it's just yeah. I love that. Like, what an amazing it. reclamation. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's why I've always been like so like obsessed with people who also reclaim it. So like in college I was obsessed with like Bikini Kill and Courtney Love and all those people um who just like took also took the name and reclaimed it. Um but I really didn't have any knowledge on sexual health mm-hmm. and like boundaries as well and like dealing like sleeping with men and like how to advocate for myself about my pleasure and things that made me uncomfortable. Um, And even just like, I I had a hard time like orgasming and like, I didn't know how to go about that. I didn't really masturbate um, because like none of my friends really talked about that. Um, And so like flash forward um, to my mid twenties in 2019, um, I hooked up with this guy on Halloween when I was dressed as an alien. So like, love it. Um, And I got a herpes outbreak a few days later. Um, And it kind of just like fucked up my world. I thought I had to be celibate. I thought no one was going to date me. Like I didn't leave my bed for like days. (laughs) Um, And like, I felt so alone. I was like, oh my God, like I have this disease. Like no one else I know has it. Like, ugh. And so I started telling friends and family because I'm an open book and that's just what I do. And um, so I ended up finding some, like a couple, actually two people who were like, I have it too. And they were people really close to me. Um, and one of them was like, Trisha, they're like, I've literally slept with hundreds of women after getting it. Like no one, like no one cares. Like just <laughs> like disclose them, explain what it is and that it's like no, no big deal. And like, it's fine. Um, so that was really helpful. So that was like a huge moment for me. Like I could literally get out of bed and like actually like go do stuff now. Yeah. Um, felt okay. So after doing more research, um, I found other Instagrams, um, like Positive Results, who's, it's not an active account anymore, but um, she has an amazing account. Um, and then Positively Positive Podcast. And, there, and um, there's just a bunch of herpes accounts. Um, and I was like, wow, this is really great that they're doing this. Um, after doing more research, I realized how common it was. And I was like, you know what, fuck this. Like, I've always wanted to work in sexuality. So like, I guess this is like a sign to do it and realizing how much stigma there is about herpes that's like so unnecessary. I was like, you know what? Let me make an account. Um, it's actually funny. Two weeks earlier, I wrote in my journal that I wanted to work in sexual health or like sexuality. And it's like, be careful what you manifest. Universe, here you <laughs> <Yeah>. go. 
<laughs> it's so it's so true. Um, so yeah, so then I started Safe Slut. I initially made it anonymous, so I didn't post photos of me. I didn't like. I made sure that like you could. There was no way to tell like my my personal account was not linked or anything. Um, and then in addition to making that account, I'm also an herbalist and esthetician. Um, so I made my own like healing oil for herpes outbreak. So, um, I started selling that on my account as well as other like tinctures. Um, and then also at this time, this was really like helpful for me. I ended up getting certified in Reiki through a Reiki Mm. practitioner. And that was like super helpful on my journey to like reclaim my sexuality. It just like was a whole like healing process. Um, and now I do treatments for people who have herpes or other sexual trauma, Um, and it's really nice. Like, yeah, it's, it's like a great Reiki is amazing. Um, but yeah, so then after like a month or so after having, um, my safe slot account, I was like, fuck it. You know what? Like me holding myself back and being anonymous is like part of my own internalized stigma. So like, let me just post a photo of myself. So I posted who I am on safe slot. Um, and then like a month later I posted a nude photo on my personal account and was like, Hey everyone, I have herpes. Um, and like, we're just like totally open about it. And so now, yeah. like, yeah, even like people I date now, like I, I obviously disclose them, but usually they're just like, yeah, I like already knew I saw. <laughs> I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. what a transformation for you from like feeling like you're in bed in this fetal position for a couple of days thinking that like, like life is over mm-hmm. and like, look what you've fucking done with it. You have really just claimed it and owned it. And I think that when we do that, the authenticity that we're bringing forward in our lives is met, right? By the other people who are receiving that. And then you just have this air about you that people can trust you. They want to hear from you. I know I've also had a couple of interviews of people who know you, uh, Courtney Brame from Something Positive for Positive People, Mm -hmm. and then Megan Sapphire also really credits you to just being like all the people like who really just credit you with helping, well, helping lots of people. Megan has said how instrumental you were for her in her own kind of embracing of herself and just being open and honest about things. Actually, we did a podcast together and I didn't know she was going to disclose, but she like on her podcast, she was like, so I have it. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't know. I kind of had a feeling that was coming but like yeah it was it was a, a really nice moment and she's yeah she's amazing um she also was like super inspiring to me because we also have like everything in common um just in a lot of ways so I yeah just, I just love her <laughs> yeah no she's amazing so I mean I think that one of the things that people don't think about is how prevalent not just herpes but we're talking about herpes here so let's just be really specific mm-hmm. how prevalent it is I mean there's HSV-1, there's HSV-2, you can have it on your mouth, you can have it on your genitals, you can have both HSV-1 and HSV-2 in both spots, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I, I want you just to kind of throw some information out there for people so that, you know, I think part of the destigmatizing and unshaming of things is just really being honest about it and putting it out there. I don't think people understand how prevalent it is, how many people probably you know, there are statistics that are very high about how many people are probably walking around with one form of HSV or another um, that don't even know it because they aren't symptomatic and they're not, you know, kind of out with sores in whatever places. So mm-hmm. I, I would just love for you to kind of throw some education out there for people so that they understand and we can keep this work of spreading the word and unshaming things going. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's the main thing. I think the lack of education is why the stigma exists. Like if Mm -hmm. people had all the facts and knew, everyone would realize that it's so common. (laughs) Like cold sores are herpes. So if you ever had a cold sore, even when you were little, you still have it. You still have it. Like even if you don't get them anymore, like you still have it. And people don't realize that um, you can still spread it to someone on their mouth or their genitals. Um, even if you don't have a cold sore present, um, because you can shed the virus asymptomatically, um, which is how a lot of people actually are getting genital herpes now. So they'll get HSV-1 genitally. Um, yeah. So people don't realize that they need to disclose that they have them. Um, again, it's not their fault. Like no one ever told them to do that. Um someone that I was dating, we had a conversation about it and like, they were like, Oh, I get cold sores, but only like from the sun. And I was like, true. Like that's a trigger for a cold sore, but that still means like you have the virus right? Um, and you need to disclose that. And he was just like, Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. And then, so it's like, I think it's over like two thirds of the world has HSV one. Yeah. Um, that's a huge number. And then in the U S it's like over one in six people have genital herpes, but That's what I was hearing. majority of those people are asymptomatic. So they don't even know they have it. Right. Um, which is wild. Um, and it's also not on the STI panel. So when you're like, Oh, I want to get tested for everything. Um, you're actually not getting tested for everything. Cause they herpes is not included unless you specifically ask. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'll even tell you no, that they won't let you get it. Um, yeah. which is like super unfortunate, but their reasoning about that is because it's usually asymptomatic. Um, they think that it's better to not know because of the emotional the stigma, the emotional impact from having a diagnosis, um, which I think is super fucked up because like, what are we chop liver? Like we, we know we have it. Like, it's not fair that we have to deal with it now. And they, people who have it, but don't have symptoms don't have to. So yeah. I just think that like, if everyone knew, was able to get tested and knew they had it, like everyone would be like, Oh shit, I have it. Like, I didn't even yeah. know. And it would just be way more normalized. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. And I, I just hate knowing that there are so many people out there when they do receive it, feel the same way that you've received the diagnosis. It, it, it feels the same way that you felt. And I, I know that Courtney Brain was telling me that, you know, he started his organization because there were a lot of people that it were having suicidal ideations yeah. around this diagnosis because they just felt like their life was over and that they wouldn't be able to be loved and they didn't feel worthy of love. And it's just like, wow, what have we as a society done to our people to make them feel as though this thing, this thing that is so common could make them so unlovable and so unworthy. Yeah, it's wild. And it just goes back to our sex education. Like growing up, it's like you're shown the most like scary, intense cases of STIs. And it's like, don't date people who have STIs. Like, it's like, you're told to say no to people like me. Um, yeah. So when it happens to you, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm diseased. Like no one's going to want me. Like, of course people are going to like feel some type of way about that. Um, right. When like, it's a skin condition that like, isn't yeah. that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. You can really just kind of operate your life around it. Yeah. If you know you're having an outbreak, you don't, you know, you yeah, just exactly. Like I barely and... even get outbreaks anymore. So to me, it just like barely affects my life. I do want to say that there are people who do have just like constant outbreaks that are really painful and that's, that's awful. obviously awful. And like, that's going to be a different story for mine, but like for me and, and majority of people, it's either asymptomatic or very minor. So yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I, I love that you're out there with this message and spreading this message. And I also love the other things that you're super passionate about. Um, you know, right before we hopped on, we were talking a little bit about, you know, some passions around sex work, around talking about sexual assault. Um, you posted something, I think, the other day saying, like, most people who say that they've been sexually assaulted are not lying. And it is time for us to stop assuming that people who are putting that out there and reporting it are, are not being truthful about that. We, yeah. Why don't we just assume that they are being truthful instead of having doubt around that? Exactly. Um, and I would love to hear a little bit more around, you know, kind of the impetus for that post and also, you know, your passion that's amped up around that right now. Let's let's shut some yeah, light. Yeah, so this is gonna be more of a heavy one than herpes. But um yeah, so obviously like most people are know what's going on with like the Amber Heard Johnny Depp situation right now. And um it's really unfortunate. Like the reason that I felt really inclined to make that post was because it just gave me a lot of anxiety. Like I've already seen like a few other like men post about this, but it's like okay, yes, we have this one woman who, a very prominent case who lied and like, that's really unfortunate and like, that sucks. Um, but I just feel like that case is going to get so many men to be like, see, women do lie. They are liars. Like they lie about this. Mm-hmm. And like, that just like made me really angry because like, that's just not the case. Like that's going to be more rare. Um, the statistic of women who lie about sexual assault and rape is like, very very low um because like think about it like when you come forward like usually like you're there's so many reasons to not that woman feel like scared to come forward because yeah you're gonna get braided people are gonna call you a liar it's embarrassing um and scary like who do you talk to like you think no one's gonna believe you like there's so many reasons why women don't come forward so when they do it's such a big deal um that i just hope that this case doesn't make survivors less likely to come forward um which is why i wanted to talk about it um and then which is why i also wrote an essay about my own experience with it that i just posted on patreon um because again even when i was sexually assaulted in college it took me a few years to realize kind of what happened because a a lot of people kind of go into that place where like they're like it's fine it doesn't like it's easier to just say it didn't happen than to actually deal with it And to convince yourself otherwise, you know, I think a couple of things come to mind for me. First of all, a lot more women are sexual assaulted and never speak up Mm -hmm. than falsely speak up, right? So I think that's very important to note. And then we also, as women, talk ourselves out of defining something as sexual assault even though we know there was something wrong in a situation, Mm -hmm. it wasn't consensual, it was clear to us and our bodies that it wasn't consensual. Yet we are like, ah, but the circumstance, but they were my boyfriend. And, exactly. Oh, but like, I didn't like really like fight them. It just like, it just, I didn't want it. And I said no. And then it happened. And, you know, my own personal experience, it's, it's not something that I need to sit around and like, you know, label and like, but at the end of the day, it wasn't consensual. I know it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of deep, deep, deep work to do after that happened years and years later mm-hmm. to come back and realize, yeah, that actually I was, I was taken advantage of and that's not okay. And, yeah. and, and we don't realize how much it affects us. Like no. I, even now I'm just kind of realizing and like kind of thinking back about after it happened, like relationships after that and what that kind of looks like. And like my own like 
self-pleasure and stuff it, it just like seriously affected that and like yeah and now it's like all this like work we have to do to fix it yeah I've I was talking to my husband about we, we talk a lot about our own past traumas and you know ways in which we respond to one another and one of the things that we have really deeply dove in, into is both our attachment styles, but then the way that we operate when in trigger or in trauma and the fight, flight, freeze kind of responses. And another thing that I didn't ever know about until more recently was the fawn response. And so I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. fight, flight, freeze, mm -hmm. and fawn. But what I know about myself is when I'm in uncomfortable situations and I'm not really sure how to navigate them, either I freeze and kind of allow things that otherwise, if I was in my power, I wouldn't allow. And so I freeze and just kind of let things happen. And then later I'm like, I don't, I, that's not what I wanted. I was not empowered in that moment. I should have said something differently. I should have, you know, stood for myself. And then this other response of fawning and kind of acting like I'm into something when I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, and whether it's in a sexual situation or otherwise, but I absolutely am guilty of both the freeze and the fawn response. Thank even in the last couple of years mm -hmm. in sexual situations. And just being aware of that now makes me be like, I had a lot of work to do around myself before I put myself in situations I that feel, I don't feel empowered and yeah. in control of. I feel the same way. And I feel like so many other women or just people affected by misogyny also have the same response. Like, it's just, I think we're conditioned to do that. Yeah. Honestly. Um, yeah. It's super, super fucked up. Even now I still find myself doing that as well. Like, someone I was seeing over the summer, I could, I could feel myself doing that throughout our relationship. And like, looking back, it's just like, yikes. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in like at play party situations or things like that, I've, I've had to get much better at being like, yes or no. Like, what is it that my body is saying in this moment mm -hmm. and really following through with it then? And it doesn't have to be, you know, I don't have to make a big deal in this situation. I can just be like, oh, that actually, you know, not, not really in for that right now, but enjoy like ha it's a smorgasbord here. Enjoy yourself, yeah, enjoy you know? I know. And so, so just really like, hard. Yeah. How do we yeah. learn how to take care of ourselves and allow our voices to be heard? Right. Mm -hmm. And as women, like you said, we are societally conditioned not to do that. And yeah. so let's interrupt that pattern. Like let's, yeah, let's, let's not do that anymore. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's break that. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, let's get a little woo woo here. So please. <laughs> um, so uh, in addition to all of this trauma and whatever I kind of also every time I've been to a psychic or like any just like knowing in my body they've been like you have a lot of sexual trauma from a past life and I'm like I know like I've I've known I've had this like sexual trauma from even when I was younger like I got my period really young Same. and I and I couldn't put in a tampon and for years like years mm -hmm. I my body would freeze up and I would just shake like start shaking and I like any type of like penetration I was like no I would like terrifying yeah. um, until I got fingered by this guy that I was in love with in 10th grade um <laughs> that broke open the portal <laughs> yeah <laughs> I literally used a tampon like a week later um but I it's just something that I like thought about for so long and like after like doing Reiki I just kind of like made sense so I ended up seeking out a, a past life regression therapist Ooh, um yeah. it sounds very woo woo but I'm telling you it I'm was here like, for the it. most wild experience um, and she was also a Reiki master. So we just like really vibed. And so we started the treatment and I told her like, I think I have a lot of sexual trauma. So we, um, when I do Reiki, I don't see things. I just feel things and know. So mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm assuming that's what's going to happen with this. Cause people always say that they like see it, can see it. 
what was happening, but I just like felt things and knew. Um, but at one point when we were in the treatment, I was like back in a past life and I could like, so basically you, um, are what's the word, um, like hypnotized essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, so that you like kind of go into a deep consciousness so you can um, recall those memories. And, um, so I was kind of in somewhere in like 1700s, 1800s, and I could feel myself running. I, I, my, I could feel my legs moving and I was sprinting. And basically I got like, uh, like seriously, like raped by like some man when I was like a 12 year old in a past life. Oh. Um, and like, it was really scary. It was like in a forest, like in like, yeah, it really scary. And like feeling right. the physical things happen in it. Yeah. Um, it was wild, but like during the experience, she was telling me, she was like, okay, like send that person Reiki, like he, like you can heal them through it. And like, we just did this whole like witchy thing. Um, and then after I was like, holy shit, that was crazy. And she was like, yeah, so like you definitely healed most of this, but like, you're still going to have to do some work on this. Um, and then I ended up getting a tattoo of the girl, which is right on my arm here, like a month oh. later. So <sighs> it's like Victorian witchy woman, like crying. And she has like leaves in her hair from getting like, Oh my God, Trisha, that's amazing. Um, so yeah, I like, it's just like my little like reminder. Um, but it definitely just kind of went to show how important this work is and why I'm so passionate about it. Yeah. Like I've just always, like I've always just been like so into like feminist activism stuff and like, yeah, it just kind of goes to show like why and like this is like why? my life's purpose. So yeah, you chose yeah. all of those things to step into this lifetime mm-hmm. and to heal them right mm-hmm. in the, in this particular iteration. And I'm, I'm super here for the woo woo. So we can go, yeah, go like, there well, all I, day. When we were talking all earlier, I was like, okay, I can talk about this. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, please send me her information. Cause I yeah. would love to reach out to her. But I do but. think like talking about healing, right. Whether we're talking about past life healing, intergenerational healing, ancestral healing, all of those things come when we are willing to kind of get into these deep shadowy aspects and figure out what it is, you know, we're here to serve. And for you, it is, you know, standing with women, standing with destigmatization and unshaming of things. And, you know, I, I get really careful when I talk about how we choose trauma in our lives so that we can be living out our purpose because I don't want people thinking that I'm saying you made yourself sick or you made yourself have this. But it's like, I do believe that when we step into a new human experience with our soul that we've had for all of these different existences in life, we understand, okay, what pieces are coming into this life with us now that we're going to be dealing with? And so for you, perhaps it stands to reason that you, when you came into this life, you knew that this was a healing that you needed from this past life. Mm-hmm. You in a sense, chose this herpes diagnosis to find its way to you, not in a conscious way and not like, yeah, I want to have unsafe sex, yeah. bring it to me. Like, no, but like yeah. our souls know what we need to help us overcome, to transform, to heal. Mm-hmm. And your interest in feminism, your interest in, you know, being a slut and claiming that and all of that, it's like, it's all shown up for you mm-hmm. to bring you to this point where you're at exactly. yeah. such an amazing platform and voice to be having this impact on people. Thank you. Yeah. I, I always say like, I feel like herpes is the best thing to happen to me. And again, it sounds like wild to say that, but I hope like you obviously understand what I, what I mean when I say that, because I'm able to do all this absolutely for myself and other people, which is like, honestly a gift. Yeah. <laughs> so now were, were you raised in a family that was able to like support and be there for you in your interest in feminist studies and, and all of that sort of thing? 
I want to say, yeah, like my parents are very supportive. Um, again, I grew up Catholic. Um, my mm. mom is very like typical Italian American, like boomer. So it's like, she can only be so sex positive. There are like blinders because of yeah. her, how she was raised. Yeah. Um, luckily both my parents are liberal. Um, and they'd support me with safe slut and like, they get it. And like my, my dad is like definitely a feminist as well. Like he ran for yeah. office in not like some like, I don't know, like city council or something in the nineties. Yeah. But like he, I, we watched when I was home, he had like a videotape of like him talking about like how like someone was like, should a woman be on like the seat with you? And he was like, yeah, like why the fuck not essentially. So just right. like little things where it's like, duh. Um, so yeah. I, my mom is blocked from safe slot <laughs> yeah because she just like i just she just doesn't need to see me talking about like dildos and stuff like she doesn't totally do that um totally. she does get a little bit like nervous about me posting a lot of like very sexy photos online i think that's where the blinders come up but i don't think she gets like as much of the reclaiming and what that means to me to be able to do that um but yeah. she's definitely they're very supportive yeah so, but that's awesome they're just boomers yeah, they're just boomers. Yeah, I can relate. Yeah, <laughs> I um I have been thinking a lot about you know how I want to step into, you know, my full expression and identity sometime this year with my family and trying to figure out what that looks like for them because I do think that they're just like you and I spoke about before hopping on here, you know, I do definitely intend to keep some protection around my identity in the sense that I have these teenagers that don't need to be bullied or have any kind of backlash on them for the work that their mom is doing. But I also have a deep desire to be fully integrated and and present in my life and in the world as this person who is passionate about the work that comes with, you know, spirituality and sexuality and mysticism and shamanism and all of these and plant medicine and all this work that I am stepping into and trying to figure out how to do that and ride the line of, I don't need to just like speak my truth for my ego. Like I don't need everybody to know that this is what I'm doing right. because yeah. this is important to me and my mission. Mm -hmm. But it's more about like, I'd really like my, my family to understand. Yeah. Like I'm stepping away from law and like executive business work because that doesn't really speak to me anymore. But these are the types of things that do. They don't even need to know about my Instagram. They don't need to necessarily even know about this show, but just like being more authentic with them about the things that are important to me and trying to figure out how to do that in a way that is not for my ego, but just in order to be present in their lives as a person who is fully integrated. Yeah. And so it's it's always inspiring for me to talk to folks like you, Trisha, and other people that I've had on the show who've had to go through this process of like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out how to put myself out there and just be me unapologetically and let people know this is what I am. But like like you said, you your mom's blocked from your account because she doesn't need to see that. That's yeah. not something she has to be, yeah. you know, I mean, a part of day to day. It's something I still struggle with too because I again as an open book, like I and I'm a Leo. So I'm like, I just want to share everything, like everything I'm passionate about. I want everyone to like, I want everyone to like know about it, but I still feel like I'm struggling with like how to get that message across to, to family. Um, yeah. Most of, I have four older siblings and like, they're all down with it. Like they get it. Um, awesome. But it's hard to like, I just feel like also, I'm sure like you feel the same way. Most people like in like the sex positive world feel the same way. Like we all kind of like, we're the black sheep of the family. 
So like also one, like my parents are used to me doing like shit like this. Like they already like, <laughs> yeah, I used to get in so much trouble in high school. Like I'm the only family that has like a lot of tattoos and piercings and like, yeah. I don't know. So they're, they're definitely not surprised, but it's like, it's hard to make them understand like that. It's not just like me being like a rebel. Like I'm like right. doing, we're doing important work and like, right. it's hard to get them to see the value in that when they don't really understand it. So I'm still struggling yeah. with like how to like figure that all out. Um, but it's also like weird. Cause I'm like, they sometimes like see my writings or like a web series that I have. And I'm like, that's embarrassing. Cause like you see me saying like wild stuff, but yeah. <laughs> But this is me. And also yeah. they know. And like if they don't want to see it, they can they cannot look. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. it's we all have choice yeah. and and the freedom to choose that. I think one of the things, just the same as what keeps us from stepping forward into our full truth, which is fear, right? Like fear of the unknown. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? Are they going to accept me? Are they going to love me? That's the same thing that keeps them from probably feeling like they can understand what we're doing. You know, for me, one of one of the big things is I grew up in a very religiously conservative home. And because of that, I don't know if they can understand the way that I approach spirituality, my relationship with the divine, that sort of thing. And it would feel scary to them. And I don't okay. I don't want them worrying about me and worrying about my soul and worrying about, you know, me forever and ever and into eternity because I feel very comfortable. But I also know that for them it could feel really scary. And so, you know, those are some of the things that I I'm I'm wrestling with and and we'll see we'll see where it takes me. But yeah. Thanks for sharing that part of your journey. So what are some of the other things that are super alive for you right now? What are, you know, do you have any particular programs that you're working with or, you know, things that you're trying to get the word out about? What's happening for you? I feel like just like everything. I feel like I'm trying to just like talk about everything. Like I also am like super passionate about like sex workers rights and like decriminalizing sex work. Um, and getting like voices heard. Um, I've also kind of started dabbling in my own, sex work and I it's like something very new to me but obviously something I've always wanted to do even yeah. being like I really want to be a porn star and like yeah I love like, it fucking cool it's like badass um but yeah so I like have a patreon so I do like writing but then I also do like nude photos sometimes I like have like one-on-one clients usually just like virtual um so yeah it's definitely new for me but it's it feels very empowering for me, um, but also a little bit scary, especially with like dating. It's like, mm. okay, like, will this person that I'm dating like be down that I'm doing this? Um, sure. So that's like also like something to think about. Um, but of course, like if they aren't down, then like they're not the person for me. Then they're not your person. But it's still right? like something to like. It's still like a fear and something that like gives me anxiety. Um, sure. But yeah, so stuff like that. Um, Obviously, like, slut shaming is huge for me. That's a huge, like, thing that happened to me in, in when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, so I love the way you reclaimed the word for yourself and just really embrace that part of yourself. I told you, yeah, that, that my girlfriend and I are starting Slut Sisters and we're going to be kicking that off sometime this summer. And it, I mean, it's, it's kind of gaining some traction in our community now, mm-hmm. but I think that the more women who can really reclaim that for themselves, it's like slut has been used to just like put people down and discard them and throw them away. And it's like the more of us who can kind of rise up and claim that, talk about fear that people have 
when women reclaim the power of the word slut, that is, that is something that is feared by the patriarchy, by a lot of people. And then there's also some, some men who are really here for it and love that, like find that the empowered woman is like incredibly sexy and mysterious to them. And it's like, it's, it's, it's a power that we as women, I think just the same thing as like witch and like other things that have been historically used to demonize women. Totally. Let's reclaim that shit. Yeah, exactly. I always say that like, we would definitely be the type of person that would like get burned at the stake in like the 1600s. Oh, like, hell yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's the same thing. There's a line in this song. Um, um, she used to be Marina and the Diamonds, but just Marina. And it's, um, cent- it was like centuries ago, like you call me a witch now you just call me a bitch and it's like that's you see like the transformation that it's like we're still getting like attacked by the patriarchy but it's like just by like slut shaming calling us bitches um yeah instead of the mistake, which i guess is a little bit better but um you can see that it's still the same so i think it's so important that um anyone affected by misogyny like to be able to like reclaim that um yeah. and also just teaming up with other people like it's just gonna it's gonna have such a powerful effect um and i also think it's very amazing when men are on board oh um, for sure because they are also extremely affected by the patriarchy so absolutely nobody is more hurt by the i mean i don't know if i want to say it that way but like there are men are hurt by the patriarchy too absolutely 100 percent um so yeah down for some slutty witchy men yeah well it sounds like you've got so many things going on I'm so happy to have connected with you and had the chance to have this conversation because yeah everything you're talking about I think is incredibly important deserves to be amplified have more people hearing it and learning about it and I know you have an amazing audience already but I just wanted to make sure to share you with mine so Thank you for being on. We'll make sure everybody knows where to find you and have all of that in the show notes and things like that. But it was great to to chat with you and I, I hope you have an amazing week and I hope that maybe we can do this again sometime. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Have an awesome week, everyone. Friends, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know I did. And one of the things that I would love to enlist your help with is getting some more rates and reviews for this beautiful little show that I am enjoying putting out for all of you. If you have a moment and you feel so inclined, I would be indebted and grateful if you would go to either iTunes or Spotify and give me some feedback and hopefully it's five star. So if you're enjoying Sexual Alchemy, spend a little time to do that for me. It would be a great help to me and it would mean the world. Have a beautiful week. 